Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Recently, one of the people that I respect and admired most has purchased a multi-million dollar manuscript that he plans to fractionalize into NFTs. Today, we're going to discuss what that means and why he did it. For you to fully understand this story, I have to give you a little context as to where all of this is coming from. 20 years ago, I was a teenager exploring this new thing that we call the internet. Web 2.0 wasn't even a thing yet when I started researching online business, marketing, and everything that seems normal today. Along the way, I have found very few people that I respect more than Russell Brunson. And during the last few years, he's spent millions of dollars buying first edition books and original manuscripts. It's no secret that he's assembling a private library for entrepreneurs. However, while listening to his Marketing Secrets podcast, he revealed something that probably 99.9% of the people that are listening to the podcast didn't realize, mainly because that audience is mostly there for the marketing. While he's speaking about these books, these manuscripts, and the library, he mentioned that he wanted to fractionalize the ownership of an unpublished manuscript into NFTs. And I was like, wow. This is pretty interesting. So first of all, what is a manuscript? A manuscript is a pre-released version of a book. It's a draft. Back in the day, it was handwritten, but now it could be typed. And this one in particular was done on a typewriter. So that's showing you how old this thing is. And if you ever heard of Napoleon Hill, he's the person that wrote Think and Grow Rich and countless other classics as far as self-improvement and entrepreneurial things. He was a person that written this unpublished manuscript. It has never been seen by the public eye. And Napoleon Hill is long gone. So why did he buy this thing? Well, for starters, he's a fan of Napoleon Hill's work, just like most marketing people and entrepreneurs, people that are into self-improvement. Along the way, that book, Think and Grow Rich, is going to come up and countless other examples of his work. However, there's a lot more than it than just being a fan. It is a very desirable thing, and it is something that is coveted within the entrepreneurial community. It's very niche, and these are people that are very highly passionate and willing to spend money on the things that they absolutely love. However, this is an expensive, illiquid asset, meaning this is not something that can be easily sold. It's not like there's just manuscript flips going every 10 minutes, as we saw within the NFT space, for example. This is something that might take years to sell, even harder than selling a house. However, as being one of the best marketers in the entire world, he knows a thing or two about selling things. And it is a lot more than just selling this manuscript, trying to flip it. He's going to publish it and use it to grow his business. He has countless software companies supplement companies, marketing companies, newsletters, you name it. So using this to grow all of those things because the people that are most interested in, in what Napoleon Hill has to say are the type of people that would be buying from his other businesses. And as one of the best marketers in the world, he's able to get all that interest and funnel it in a direction in order to make sales from various channels. But why would he fractionalize this manuscript and turn it into an NFT? Well, the number one reason is to recover his initial investment. As I said, this is something that is very expensive and it's not liquid. This is not something that's going to be flipped and sold very quickly. So in order to recoup all of that spent up front, the fractionalized sales will help to recover those costs. And this is nothing new. This is something that has been going on for the longest time. For example, timeshares, that is a very flawed market. However, it is a good idea. So someone with a vacation home is not there the majority of the year. So just owning it for the two, three weeks that you would be on vacation is a good idea on paper in theory. However, that industry is very broken and certain things have gone on through the years that have just been very shady and sketchy. So 
people might not look at it very favorably, but the idea is pretty sound. So something that's a little bit more sound is NetJets, which basically turns a private jet into the same concept. Most times when a CEO or a company has these jets, it's sitting at the airport in a hangar, unused, and just still just racking up expenses. So why not just fractionally pay for it when it's needed? And that's how all that started. And if you're not familiar with NetJets, it's one of the many companies that Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway owns. Very interesting. And just a little side story. I was actually able to go up to one of these and actually sit in it while they were being maintained. Very cool. That happened when I was in school. And I wouldn't mind if they fractionalized that into an NFT. But going back to this, how much would you spend on something for business if you know that you could recover your initial investment very quickly? Now, let me just give you a quick example, because that sounds like a just very vague question. You might not know exactly where I'm going with this. So let's just say you're selling a digital project, and in this case, it is the NFT, or it could be a service or something that doesn't have a physical cost, such as a t-shirt or food or anything like that, that has a definite hard cost of goods being into it. Services, digital products are pretty much 100% return. So let's just say for every $1 you spend, you get a dollar in sales and a new customer into your company. How much would you be willing to spend? If your answer was an unlimited amount as long as it kept working, well, congratulations. You are officially a marketer. That is how marketers think. If you can get a new customer into your ecosystem and you're breaking even up front, that is a golden ticket. Spend as much money as possible until it stops. Because a new customer into the ecosystem, into the company is a new pipeline for future sales. Because remember, I said he has multiple software companies, supplements, resources, and multiple ways to make money from them after forming in a relationship. So if he can recoup that initial cost for getting them in right away, that is just a win-win for him as a business. And then he has a lifelong customer. If he wows them, absolutely impresses, delivers on everything, they're going to turn around and spend more money with him. Now, as far as NFT holders or the one who is buying this, what do they get out of it? I mean, that sounds all great, fine and dandy for the person who's selling it, but what do the NFT holders actually get? They can own something that they otherwise could not afford because these manuscripts are very expensive. As I said, this is multi-million dollar purchase and the average person that can buy NFTs cannot afford to buy that. And this is nothing new. They do that with fractional shares of stocks because there's quite a few companies that are either in the thousands of dollars or in the case of Berkshire Hathaway, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a share. And most people can't get into that. However, very expensive shares could be fractionalized in a broker. And I have quite a few shares that I actually own that are fractionalized. It's because I might've had an extra $10, $15 here, and I just threw it towards a particular index fund or something and just bought a fraction of it. So in the case of this, someone who might not be able to spend millions of dollars on it might be able to throw a couple thousand of dollars and own a piece of it. And this is an appreciating asset. And just a quick little notice, um, something that's very interesting that I've been tracking around and trying to research, mainly because I'm seeing a lot of ads that says this, find it very interesting that the art actually, fine art actually appreciates better than the stock market for the most part. And this is the whole pitch of this company called Masterworks. And no, I'm not affiliate. I'm nowhere associated with this company whatsoever. However, if you watch anything related to finance, stocks, investing, either on YouTube or on social media, I'm pretty sure you came across a Masterworks ad. But here's the interesting thing supposedly books even outperform stocks and certain niches of books even outperform the fine art and everything that masterworks is doing but it's the same concept someone who can't afford to buy millions of dollars worth of things fractionalize it and be able to get in it with hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars 
And the beautiful thing about that is everyone that is involved will profit for it. So in the case of this manuscript, when it sells, all of those fractional owners get a piece of that revenue from selling it. And even if it never is sold by the person who's controlling it, the individual can actually sell their fractionalized share in the form of an NFT. That is good to go on the open market. And the person can profit even if the manuscript isn't sold. Just like any other NFT, if there is demand for it, sell it for whatever the market is willing to pay for it. And that person can exit. They can get their liquidity. But as cool as this might sound or as boring as this might sound to some people, why am I even covering this? Why is this a big deal for us diehard Web3 people? I want to point out the fact that I opened up this thing about speaking about marketing and business. This particular podcast where he was explaining what he was doing and just happened to throw out there that he was planning to turn it into a fractional NFT. This was a business and marketing podcast. This was not a Web3 audience whatsoever. And I think it is very interesting to say that he just casually threw that out there in the sense that most people will just totally ignore it. It'll go over their head. Maybe they'll even roll an eye. Oh, he's into NFTs as well. But What I really want to point out, the fact that marketers definitely know how to sell things, convey ideas, really communicate things. And I think marketers will do a much better job of selling and onboarding people into Web3 than the tech diehard blockchain enthusiasts that are all about decentralization, cryptography, and all of those concepts will be able to onboard and communicate and speak to the masses. Not to mention a lot of these NFT projects are missing people with business skills, business acumen or whatever the word that you want to use. They might be artists, they might be coders, or they might be just community leaders. But as far as being able to put it together and build it into a business, a real sustainable growing business that can even be sold, partner with even bigger companies, those skill sets are lacking in Web3 and in particular in the NFT space. And I truly believe that marketers can grow this space and really get more people on board and excited about NFTs in a way that most tech addicts cannot. And as he excites his fan base about this particular concept, guess what? They're going to turn around and they're going to explore other ones. Even if they are someone that might have tuned into that episode months after the fact of the initial sale and they can't get into it. They might look around and see, well, what else is out there? And then they'll stumble onto other projects and open up their eyes into this whole world that we called Web3, NFTs, and everything that is to offer crypto and whatever else is on the blockchain in the future. So I personally think this is an amazing thing. I'm excited about it and I can't wait to see where this goes and I'll be definitely following it. Well, regardless of what he does with this, I'll still be following him because, as I said, this is someone that I have been respecting and following and learning from. And I've even mentioned on a previous episode that some of his books, in my opinion, were worth far more than the $100,000 or whatever it was that my actual college education and marketing taught me. I have a book set. I think I probably paid like $130 or something of that nature. And that might sound like a lot of money if you're thinking, wow, you bought books for $130. But mind you, textbooks in college are probably about that price, probably more now, to be honest, because they were in the hundreds of dollars when I was in college, and we're talking about 2008. But getting back on track, I would love to know, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think of everything that I explained? Are you excited about this? Or do you think this is just sort of a marketing ploy and just another thing for marketers to ruin? Because even us in the marketing industry, we like to joke and say, marketers ruin everything because they find out how to monetize something and they just beat it into the ground until it stops working and then figure out the new thing that's working. But as far as this fractionalized NFT for a manuscript, what are your thoughts on that? Please feel free to share that with me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. Or if you look in the show notes, you'll see the traditional boring ways of contacting me. 
meaning email, of course. But either way, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.